Uh, <laughs> we got to just get started because otherwise we'll just continue to bitch at nobody yeah. and nothing. <laughs> yeah, and why don't and I don't understand sometimes why we don't just record the bitching as kind of a thing. Um, hi, <laughs> welcome to another episode in the uh, re- which is being recorded in the Dissect Podcast Studio. We have no guests today, so Michael and I are going to entertain ourselves. But it's <laughs> actually something we've been thinking that we need to do, just you know, so that no one else is implicated in <laughs> any of the rabbit holes or transgressions that we might commit. Yeah, the, our know, opinions like, are our own. What? <laughs> that belong to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But what's the We're, disclaimer that so many CEOs put on their like personal Twitter page, which is like, Oh, I am not are, my company. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, I, I have to say that this is mine because, um, I don't <laughs> want anybody to get the idea that it could, you know, this, this, crazy opinion that I have <laughs> is, you know, is anybody else's responsibility. Uh, in a world of triggering, this seems like we're headed straight for where we should be. Uh, oh, oh, man. Well, are we going right there? Yeah, I, I was just going to, well, so some stuff, I mean, I've been, uh, there was a podcast with on Joe Rogan's thing with uh, Dr. DNA and, and Gary Tobbs that was the when, hardest fucking thing to listen to. Like it was, it was just, I didn't help anybody except if you're a total geek into nutrition, but even then it didn't help because you kind of already had your side and you already kind of know where they come from. So, so were those two in, it was Joe Rogan moderating. Yeah. And well, he those tried. Two were, yeah. I okay. mean, he, every once in a while he would, and he had to, Oh, not every once in a while, every five minutes, Gary, let him talk. Cause Gary, <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> so it's like Gary's book. It's too thick to read. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right, for sure. Too much. And he, he sounds like a, he just sounds so like, like the whole, t- his, his preamble before he even gets a sentence out is like unbearable. His speaking voice is unbearable. Um, people would call That's the other tough. guy arrogant. <clears throat> um, I just thought like people didn't probably understand their history together. And if you've had arguments with somebody over the past, you know, 15 to 20 years or whatever about a singular subject and you know exactly what they're going to say. And then you get on a podcast <laughs> to like play this out in real life. You're so probably going <clears> to <throat> sound a little bit arrogant, but I, the, some of the stuff he said was pretty smart. There was some good things in there, but it reminded me of, um, that's why I posted the jump the shark article okay so that's kind of what like i was like i know i've written about this somewhere and that's on the that's in the um in the journal now it's on the journal now it's on the journal on the nonprofit.media website mm. we're hawking our shit right yeah now. right yeah i updated this episode it. sponsored by <laughs> nonprofit. Nonprofit. yeah um <laughs> uh, so i updated a little bit and it got me thinking about a couple other things that and then i started you know asking some questions to my like okay was i right on this was i right on this and in actual like in reality yeah like fundamentally we've been correct on our premise towards nutrition it's been refined but the foundation is still the same okay and so i I mean i haven't changed my idea about it for a long time despite you know the cacophony of mm. opinion science fact 
the, the anecdote. Nuance, the nuance might change. Like how I apply it might change. And I'm open to some <clears throat> ideas. The, the most recent would be, um, it's now branded, but I think they're calling it auto-regulation or something. It's out of uh, Junlian Pino. He had, he had kind of like a, an idea of how to modify diet based off of one... <laughs> Oh, from what I can tell, because I tried to find the research that he's basing this off of. Okay. One research article that claims that carbohydrates put you in a sympathetic state. Okay. So he designed this and and he was fully, you know, transparent about it being an experiment for himself and others. Granted, after three months of experimenting, apparently you can pay a very significant fee to also be on this hardly researched, hardly identifying a, an actual problem uh, diet plan. Um, it's one of the first things that I've seen from him that I was like, I, can't, I don't think I can go down that road, but I was totally open towards looking at it. Sooner or later, everyone has to go to the bank if he's got something to sell. Sure. <clears throat> it could be. And it also could be the guy has, you know, by our standards, I'd say has, you know, he, he's physically impressive. Uh, he's strong. He's uh, intellectually impressive too. He is body composition wise, nothing to be desired. Okay. Which, like most strong men, sport, they have some extra body fat on them because it, it helps. But I think in the business that he's in, coaching CrossFitters and other people that are jacked out of their fucking mind, he kind of feels probably like the doughboy. And I think that's really, I, I'm just presuming here, I could be totally wrong, and I don't want to offend him should he hear this. But my <laughs> from watching from afar, it just yeah. looks like, oh, you're a little bit doughy and you wanted to lose the weight. And uh, your eating strategy, being French and, you know, it's probably not the best strategy for losing weight. So he discounted counting calories. That doesn't work. That blah, blah, blah. And he found some weird little thing about uh, eating carbohydrates puts you in a sympathetic state. Therefore, you should separate all food groups. Fat and protein should go together. I mean, and, it, oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. All we're doing, and, and I've seen this. Uh, weird. I've seen oh, this done before under a different oh banner. Uh, Macrobiotic? Uh, in well, so he's basically in 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 front. I mean, back in the day, it's a regime disassocié, which means oh. you're disassociating. You know, you're you're eating protein with protein. There's certain you just don't mix. Yeah, you know, you eat the protein and then you I don't know. You hang out for however long you, is necessary. And I can't even remember the research. And then you eat the carbohydrates and this and that. Yeah. And and um and I, I actually remember sort of it would have been mid '80s um, that uh, Christophe Profi and uh, Thierry Renault. Um, prior to a couple of big enchainments, actually ate and followed that diet in a in a in a way um, that and then Thierry commented something like, "Oh yeah, that diet only you know for these big long projects, that diet only really sets you up and helps you for the first twenty hours, <laughs> something like that." And it was, and I was just like, "Okay, well, I got to do a little more research on this," um, and then kind of you know. I mean the the whole thing of of like okay you create a different enzymatic you know zone in your stomach when you eat protein versus carbohydrate and in terms of efficiency and nutrient absorption you want to just do one at a time and uh, I I think that has been debunked but um, maybe maybe this gentleman that you're speaking of well so I, this this is a couple weeks ago that I and I, I you know I went and looked at the research because I wanted to see yeah there is some. There's one paper that I found that will show that, in fact, eating carbohydrates will 
tentatively, and I the the mode of measurement is confusing, but we'll put okay. you in a sympathetic nervous state. Okay. Therefore, and this is this is the the broad jump, the broad. Um, and 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 ideally, let me just let's clarify mm-hmm. for the uh, <clears throat> for the listeners. Oh yeah. Sympathetic versus parasympathetic. Parasympathetic. Yeah. Um, and one is more relaxed and the other is more agitated. Yeah. The, is that sort of the... Yeah, sympathetic would be considered um, fight or flight. You know, it, yeah. it is related to a lot of stress. Like there's cortisol production, there's insulin yeah. release. There, There is things that are happening in a sympathetic state that are unuseful towards um, keeping... Uh, and the average person probably doesn't realize this, that they're, that they're constantly in a sympathetic state. And this is where I go weird with it because you drive, you're in a sympathetic state. Oh, hell yeah. Because the speed at which you're moving just dictates yeah. that you're on defensive yeah. and you're doing all sorts of things. And you're at work, you're probably in a sympathetic state because you're probably not actually working. And you're you're <laughs> hoping you're not going to get caught. You're right. kind of nervous about not getting... So yeah. you're looking over your shoulder. So, anytime there's some kind of awareness, some kind of anxiety... So anytime you're on social media when you're not supposed to be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're looking over your shoulder. doesn't matter what you ate before. Right. You're in a sympathetic state. Yeah. So I want to know mm-hmm. about eating for an empathetic state. <laughs> I, I think that's the mushroom I diet, I was right? just going <laughs> to say, I was like, you just take... Um, of course, I just read... Uh, me and Brandon were reading about this... Um, I believe it's called Angel's Trumpet, also known a, as... A type of mushroom? No, no, no. Oh. Um, it's a flower. Oh. It's called Brugmalgia. Okay. Or Donato is the other name for it. And the reason I heard about it is that... Donato, you mean you get to Donato. you get to a state of nothingness? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it could, uh, <laughs> of yeah, nothing? Yeah, actually. Like, um, anyway. The stories of taking it are horrifying. Oh. Somebody reported a three-week hallucinatory trip, in which case their couch was covered in insects. There was demons in their house. They had like night rage and broke through planes of glass with their body and were all cut up. This is like reported. Oh, this sounds like a marvelous time. Yeah, like like <laughs> induced psychosis kind of deal. But <laughs> and it's called Angel's Trumpet, which somebody said it sounds more like the devil saxophone. Yeah. Or it was like yeah. a reply to it. Anyway, like, okay, so, sorry. Anyway. Back to nutrition. <clears throat> which is funny because I read about this and then this morning a, a friend of mine bought me this really beautiful book on Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Uh-huh. Um, hardcover. And I'm flipping through, and a lot of it is like a how-to, which it, I just like, oh, well, oh fuck it. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and there's a Can't couple- Can't learn this by a book. No, th- you can't. Like looking at the stuff that I you know, think that I'm familiar with, I'm like, I would have never gotten that from the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But yeah. uh, so the introduction's beautiful. And then you get to the back, and there's something called the Gracie diet. Because- what good is a fitness book without some recipes and a, totally. a way of eating? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this ought to be interesting. What in the holy fuck? Like the, <laughs> you're supposed to keep all your citric fruits separate from other citric fruits in, for at least in, four hours. In storage or in your body? In your body, like okay. intake wise. So, um, if, so I eat a tomato. I can't eat an orange until four hours later. Yeah. Essentially. Right, exactly. And then no pork, absolutely no pork. Yes, folks. Um, tomato is a fruit. <laughs> just, just clarifying. Just, just clarifying because so you don't like make comments in the you know show notes that we never post. So their claim is that if you follow this diet, you know it's it comes down to like, do you become more 
sensitive to your opponent's movements? No, I'm thinking more, or, <laughs> I'm thinking or, more along the lines, if you establish a practice that is useful, which yeah. in the case of Julian and StrongFit, they have phenomenal information on um, like theories of internal torque, external torque, like positioning, developing lat, and like underdeveloped lower traps. What he does is for sure useful. Like I, I, I would still to this day go pay to be a part of it. Okay, but it's like, and this is kind of where the article came from, is because you to, did right. You you have you gone? Have you not yet? Not I, yet. I, okay. I I had to. I was trying to go to San Diego, and then I was trying to go to Amsterdam to see him, and then both schedules kind of fell apart. Okay, I'll still probably go because he, he's a you know a fairly smart person. Can I go with, that, and then you guys can have the diet discussion, <laughs> and we'll record it. Well, I was <laughs> I was hoping that and this is where the article came from. The jump the shark premise is that um you know in the in the third or fourth season of a series it's really hard to grab people's attention like your information is not your your premise your plot your characters are not as uh attractive as they were when you first showed up yeah they're not as shiny anymore right so you know in happy days the fawns in the fourth season or whatever jumped a shark on water skis and so the term was like oh yeah the series is over because where are we going to go after that yeah so in terms of like watching people develop um intellectual property for fitness or whatever they always yeah yeah, come, yeah. It's, it, it always happens around nutrition they get to nutrition and because nutrition is not shiny and it is not sexy there's nothing cool about it they tend to always package it in a way that makes it seem like oh, this is new. Like, I never saw this before. I'm intrigued. Maybe this is the reason why I have a couple extra pounds on my Oh, avocado toast. (laughs) Haven't you heard? Just so you know, I had some today. (laughs) (laughs) I ordered some toast with some poached eggs and avocado, and I got it. And it was like, I swear there was six fucking avocados on the toast. Oh, that sounds fucking good. (laughs) I scraped off probably five and a half of them because I am not... I'm not a big mushy fan. You're not down with the green death. The green as, death. As, as what Scott Backey's calls it. Well, I, I looked <laughs> at it. Something. I, I'm not joking. If I was going to eyeball it, if I weighed it, I, I wish yeah. I had my scale with me. Um, I'm guessing at least three avocados to get that much avocado. Okay. And like, Are this, we talking like full-size Haas or yeah, are yeah, we yeah. talking about like those We're mini t- organic ones that can't s- get any bigger than... So let's say it's a hundred mm. gram of toast, like thick, okay. really thick wheat toast. Yeah. It was about three times that weight at least and about three times as high. Dude, my mouth avocado. is watering like crazy right now. <laughs> it's like you put a couple of strips of bacon on top there of that. There was two and, strips oh, of bacon, two poached where is eggs. This, where is this place? What is uh, this magical is it, zone? It's a new place in Draper by our house. It just opened actually. It's a little bit of a community Local me, produce, but, local yeah. whatever. Anyway. Uh, uh, w- local avocados. Give it, me a fucking break. Uh yeah, maybe I, California as local as you can. Get. Yeah, yeah, it's the like localist. A, they're the they're the closest yeah. produce that you can get. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know what that. Yeah, I don't even, see where. How far does local mean? And is it like capital L? I don't even think or? it's. I don't even think it's California anymore. I think avocados are Mexico, right? Um, depends. Cal- okay. California still has a, a, okay, this quite a they still grow there, obviously. Okay. Um, fair enough. Mexico. I, I, just, I just remember in um in France in the winter, the only time the only place to get avocados from was Israel. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. They're like it, the sources would switch with the seasons if you go to the local. Market. And did you notice like a complete difference in flavor? Um, 
The difference in flavor and size, okay. skin color, mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah. Well, well, apparently, there's like 800 different species of avocado. I had no but idea. But we only eat generally one. Oh. Haas. Hmm. But there's, I mean, there's a bunch. Anyway. Um, okay. Back, so, to, <laughs> back to back to combining the, saturated fat with carbohydrates. <laughs> the idea of, <laughs> you know, people have to make it interesting in order to grab your attention. That's what I, I filter most things through. And that's yeah. kind of what the article was about. So when... He started talking about this. I go, uh, there, there's not much new things on nutrition other than uh, nutritional isms. Okay, let's just say eat. Wait, no. Add to mouth. <laughs> masticate. <laughs> masticate. Digest. Mm. Expel. Yeah. Okay. How, how are you going to like... So there, so here's, elaborate. Here's you know, where he got me on prior it. to masticate. Please elaborate. Here's where he got me on it. The premise <laughs> that he's he's supposing that if um, he's assuming, I'll say, assume uh, the assumption okay. is huge. Um, the hypothesis is that if you are in a sympathetic state, your uh, the blood will be shunted from your digestive tract, and you won't be able to digest food as well. Here's Hmm. Here's where I think That's it's backwards. So he he recommends at post training to actually consume protein and fat, which is the opposite of what any research says about recovering while maintaining a deficit. So the and that deficit part is very 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 important because he, he's trying to maintain a deficit because this fellow has um, noticed in the mirror hmm. a couple of extra pounds. Yes, that and, he is uncomfortable with. But he ref- hold that thought, folks. We're going to come back to people who don't um, <laughs> dig what they see in the mirror and how they try to um, uh, influence other people's behavior based on their own discomfort. Mm. Continue, please. So, and and he doesn't count from what I can see. He doesn't actually track calories because that causes you know some neuroses, Stress. and it does for me sure. as well. Like uh, I mean. I started counting again because we've gone down all these holes and I just yeah. wanted to see what was going on because uh, I'm at my lightest weight that I've probably been in three years. 201? Uh, <laughs> 192 the other day. Dude, you are going to be a rock star on a bike. <laughs> yeah, right. I have to actually ride a bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if you get on a bike. Yeah. If yeah. it happened by getting Well, if you bike, get on a bike with a guitar, you'll be a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so... Th- this premise, so like watching how he does it, okay, he's not counting, so he's limiting food. His way of limiting food is by breaking macronutrients apart. So he can eat all the meat and fat he wants at once, and he can eat all the carbohydrate as long as it's before training, uh, because training is a sympathetic state, right? So okay, yeah. what he's saying is that as soon as you get done with training, you need to get out of a sympathetic state so you can recover. So he thinks the state that you are in is more important than the recovery mechanisms of food. Okay. I, I'll i buy it. I'll just like... Okay, let's... Yeah, I'll chomp let, down okay, on let, that. Let's, yeah, let's see. Let's assume that's correct. Um, my problem is that um, it's in the wrong order according to protein synthesis and, you know... You yes. Know, uh, 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 by all the data that's uh, out Because there. it's what you ate before the training that actually sets your muscles mm-hmm. up to recover and compensate right correct yeah and this is one of the things that i noticed because post-exercise it's too late yeah as far as i so i've been a chronic i've been a chronic tracker of calories Mm -hmm. for a really long time and then for the past two years nothing like i still notice what i eat i don't not pay attention um but things subtly shift as you get 
more used to flavors and you like certain things more than other things. Sure. So my way to deal with that usually is to arbitrarily remove a meal or two throughout the day so that I can eat whatever I want. So when it comes time to eat. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a little experiment after all this stuff to like, you know, looking at his diet, I kind of blew it off, but I looked at some of the research. It was interesting enough to be like, yeah, "Yeah, but what's the real mechanism happening here? So the same thing I looked at my own, like, why am I so light? Like I'm not doing that much training, which Mm -hmm. leads to kind of a trick. Like if I'm not training that much, I'm not actually uh, enticing very much hunger signaling yeah there's not a the, you're, you're you're not causing a, a increase in the appetite yeah essentially the, the yeah. requirement for my basal metabolic rate or what do you want to say uh it's not it's not pushing hormones in order to you know secrete uh, the signal to want more to food. want more food and this is one of the accidents that we see all the time is when people go oh i'm going to start training hard and cut calories man it's painful like yeah it's that's... very painful to 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 double down on your effort and remove the mechanisms and, and to recover. To recover. Actually, this came up in a little conversation last night, just casually over the dinner table, mm-hmm. um, about like ah, I'm just not eating that much right now. Mm-hmm. And it, there, there is a. And I'm gonna. When you used the term auto regulation before, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking simple. I'm not exercising that much. <laughs> That's auto regulation. Therefore, I don't eat that much. Mm. That's auto regulation, but it's also automatic. Yeah, because I have decades of the habit of feeding mm-hmm. the activity, feeding to recover from the activity. Somehow, miraculously, unconsciously, as activity has decreased, also appetite has decreased. And I'm, absolutely, uh, uh, and so I'm sort of. But it'll only happen one. This is the really cool. I would say it's cool because it's uh, it's really interesting. If I am of a healthy weight, I have a set. Yeah, you've got your set point. I I regulate through leptin, right? So my weight is regulated through a set point. Leptin regulates that. As soon as I start to gain weight, leptin will start to use it. As long as I'm healthy, there's this balance that happens that when I put food in and energy is required to expend, then, you know, there's a a requirement for energy back in. And you got to put it back in. Yeah. So if I'm a healthy individual and I get into sports. Drive the car, fill it with gas. Exactly. But if, you know, let's say I'm of a. a, Oh, wait, it couldn't possibly be that simple. (laughs) If I'm of a healthy weight and then I add activity, I then have to actually add food to support that activity. Yes. That's the normal, like that is the in all likeliness, that's how everybody should add activity into their life from a healthy set point. But that person who adds activity and cuts calories at the same time, now we're having, that's here's, where the exercise psychology and, comes in. And here's where, where the have, majority of people come at it. Um, 20 to 30 pounds overweight and their set Dude, point, you are optimistic. Totally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I think at 20 or 30 pounds overweight, most people go, man, I that's, don't... That, actually, that's probably about... You're right. That's probably about the barrier where they go, what the fuck? Sure. What it, happened to me? Oh, my God. I used to be... And it'll yo-yo up from there. But essentially, what, what's going to happen is they, they've set their set point 30 pounds uh, like uh, uh, above their healthy uh, weight. Leptin is now 
it's it has a new stasis. It has it has yeah it has a new a, a new point at which it starts to influence behavior. So yeah, I start exercising and cutting calories. Leptin goes crazy because it's trying to refill those back to your thirty to forty pound overweight set point. Right. So in which case most because that's people, what it's used to. Right. Most that, people that, is, that norm has right. That norm has been established. Right. The body has become accustomed to it. The brain has become accustomed to it. There are behaviors that have become habit. And the hormones are actually trying to maintain all of those things because that's what they are accustomed to. That is why it is called homeostasis, motherfuckers. (laughs) So when we approach this and somebody is over a certain weight point, um, I only want to add one thing at a time because I know two is too much. Like... A deficit. Well, you don't want to add something and take away something simultaneously. Exactly. What you're saying. Right, right. Just because that's what they're. Well, because doing then alarm generally. bells go off. I don't want to cause any alarm. What I want to do is slowly reset that set point. And this is the problem. Like when people want to do a fast, well, good luck. Like it's painful. You can do it. I, I would never say that somebody can't do it. I just say the odds of you succeeding are less than because it's too painful for most people to sustain. Wait, so do a fast. Um, uh, let's see. Coincident with increased activity, yeah, or just do a fast in general. I would. I well, I try to. I think the diet's the most important up front. Mm. So I pull calories up front, no more than probably ten to fifteen percent. Yeah, imagine that you're in a deficit, and then well, we'll get into that later. Uh, and then as you start to see weight come off, which if people do this correctly, they'll probably go a little bit too hard up front, and they lose five pounds the first week because they get excited, and then we slow down. And then they lose 1.7 or 2 or something like that. Oh, my God. It's not working. Uh, and then oh they go, no. yeah, I slowed down. I'm stalling. And then they try. So we stop them from doing that. What we're actually looking for is the bump to let me know that they're adherent. Then we're looking for it to slow down to let me know that they're listening to me. And then we're looking to continue that until it stops, until it starts to slow to, down. To, and, well, and, until it stabilizes yeah. in terms of the loss per week is fairly consistent. And then we drop if. again. <clears throat> and I want at least eight weeks of this before I recommend any kind of hard training. Now, you can still show up to the gym to build the habit of showing up to the gym and making the time slot, but nothing is going to actually happen to enforce this caloric deficit wait 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 wait. i i I need to have my bikini body in three months and you're telling me that for the first two months Mm. i don't get to exercise how am i going to build my ass (laughs) (laughs) two years ago you probably should have thought about that oh wait so it goes back to the adage if you need it in three months you should have started six months ago exactly yeah and so this is where it gets good. So this is how we handle it. And it's according to the the premise that your caloric balance is the most important factor about whether you lose or gain weight, period. Exercise influences it very little in the end. Like, yes, I can ride a bike for six hours a day or run for four hours a day. No, you can't. Exactly. Because you can't sustain it, right? <laughs> exactly. You can do it yeah. once, but then I don't have any of the adaptation to sustain that. Yeah. So then you're sore all the time and I'm cutting calories. So you'll never recover. Then you're broken. Then you're injured. And so we come at it from a, you know, a place that, I mean, this sounds weird because we're known as extreme people. We come at it from a place of longevity and sustainability first. But this is, this is all sitting on the foundation of having been extreme and tried these and tried and, <laughs> yeah. and experience our own selves right. over long periods of time and having imposed it on others these extreme solutions and realizing that i mean if we just just go back to um because this has come up in the last couple of days you know you meet new people they find out a little bit more of my background they're like mm-hmm. ah, what's the secret and you know like how did that guy get the way he got and, mm-hmm. and they said look it doesn't 
on a movie job, it doesn't, it, it, if there's a shirtless scene and it's one day, two days max, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck what you do? I can get you there in four weeks, five weeks. doesn't matter. You'll never be able to sustain it. It'll be super fucking painful for, for those four or five weeks. It will, and then. But it's but, fun for us. But I mean, super fun. Oh, no. And it's very <laughs> satisfying to watch someone just like shrink or, ex, you know, explode, whatever it is that you're trying to do to them. But the. I mean, we can get you there really quick for the day, for the 24-hour performance, for the 48-hour performance, mm-hmm. but it's unsustainable. And so when I tell people that, like, okay, Man of Steel, Henry had to be the same on January 31st, 2012, that he was on August 1st, 2011, okay, now you're talking about a slower, more stable, mm-hmm. incremental progression because that in itself um, produces the stability of condition. And if someone in their real life wants to be a certain way for the rest of their life, mm-hmm. they can't make the radical change to get there. It has to be slow, incremental, not just because these the, the small changes are more sustainable, but because the you're reinforcing the habits, the actions, the thinking, the sensitivity... Mm-hmm that will allow you to maintain that for a long time. And, uh, and that takes time. Mm-hmm. Like if you get there quick, it's not going to stay. Sorry. You're going to look great at your reunion, but you know, or whatever, but you're not going to stay. You're going to pendulum. Then you're going to complain. You're going to say diet doesn't work. Exercise doesn't <laughs> work. Cause it didn't work for me. Blah, blah, blah. I tried it. I did that. And now I'm still fat. Well, fuck, you know, well, mostly cause you're going to celebrate your arrival. And that celebration <laughs> is going to detract a case from. of champagne. Yeah. And that's just not going to work out that so, great for anyone. So, you know, the, the deficit especially becomes the most important. We respect the deficit by controlling the activity around it and yes. making sure that they can sustain activity and sustain the deficit. Because the worst thing that happens is, you know, I start this thing, I start exercising, I start eating, you know, a thousand calories a day. And in two weeks, I can't take it any longer. So therefore, I break and then I eat a whole bunch of stuff. So which do... And this is the other entertaining thing mm-hmm. about human beings is like, okay, I, I, I do this. I, I, I ramp up the activity. I decrease the calories. I reach the point where I can't sustain it a week out, mm-hmm. you know, after a week or 10 days or whatever it is. What do I choose to change at that time? It's never a decrease in activity. It's <laughs> always an increase in consumption. Right. Because, you know, Cause the reason the you got to be a fat piece of shit yeah. is that. And so you yeah. go back to that because that's comfort and you mm-hmm. feel better when you do that. And, and I don't think Hence, people realize how, like when people say that like a, um, a deficit, like, oh, it's not that simple. Calories in, calories out. It's not that simple. Uh, first of all, it is that simple. It's not that easy. Like... It is very hard to maintain, oh, man. especially can, can with we, nutritional can information. We just, can I just drop something here? Yeah. I, I saw someone the other day taking credit for um, simple, not easy. Oh, okay. As if it was theirs, if they came up with it themselves. Mm-hmm. But they actually robbed it from Dan John, and now it's going to be part, you know, let's see if, they trade, if that motherfucker trademarks it pretty soon. <laughs> you know who you are. Please continue. <laughs> so uh, th- this is... Um, uh, this is something that is really strange because it, when I see the phenom- when I see arguments happening on the internet, people yeah. are trying to reduce it down to one clever thing or one one aspect. And of course, it's not that simple. It's infinitely complex because we're all infinitely complex organisms, um, especially when we consider our environment as an influence on it. So there's there's all this weird stuff. But when when we're talking about losing weight, it is that simple. You need to be in a deficit, and from 
like my perspective, like losing weight over the past couple months. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hey, mm-hmm. let, me, let me just try and understand. Um, um, I am slow mm-hmm. sometimes. So excess mm-hmm. consumption <laughs> yeah. increases my weight. Yes. Reduced consumption mm-hmm. results in a decrease of overall mass and weight. I know it's really strange. Okay. Okay. Well, man, you just thermodynamics was not disproven by nutrition, which is strange. God damn, this is this is almost too heavy for me. Now man. here's I'm where like, it gets I'm weird, just... though. So and this is where. So when I lost weight, it was not necessarily the best kind of weight. Like I lost a lot of mass, especially in my upper body, especially you know, you and like thankfully in my legs, mass. like muscle mass, the shit that does the good stuff. Or that's the stuff that's impressive. So when I when I look at it, I go, you know, okay, I obviously was in a deficit for the past six months. And, right. you know, knowingly, because instead of counting, I just pay attention. But I wasn't paying that close attention to what I was cutting. Wait, I was paying time attention out, time to out, time the out. Hey, whoa, whoa. Mm. I think this is an important thing, so I shall repeat it. Okay. <laughs> instead of counting, I just paid attention mm. You're welcome. Hey, Michael, continue. <laughs> so when I notice, I go, okay, I have a theory about what's going on. I am probably prioritizing what tastes good, which is fat, salt, and sugar. And I am probably- <laughs> Three of the four food groups. I'm minimizing the importance of something like fiber, protein, um, you know, slow-burning carbohydrates. It, that's my- that's my guess based off of okay. the kind of weight that I lost. Now I know I'm in a deficit because there's no thermogenic way to actually lose weight and be in excess. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing I'm less than 2,500 calories a day. So I start tracking. Man, for, uh, for, a, for a gentleman of your size, that's not much it's, actually. It's really not. And, Especially with the activity that and I, I know can that maintain. You've... I can maintain my weight at, uh, at 205 pounds. I can maintain my weight at 2500 calories ish on average so when people are like but that would depend on the the in the intensity and volume of volume. The expenditure also yeah. right mostly volume okay so um yeah le- i'm gonna say less than 15 hours a week of training that amount will keep me around 200 to 205 depending okay on how close my windows are to eating so when it's your average sedentary motherfucker is eating whatever it's what's the average Recommendation 2,000 a day? Uh, yeah, I think it's t- 2,000 for women. I think 2,500 for men. 2,500. So, yeah. so the average dude just does like walking around and thinks that 2,500 calories a day is normal and then wonders why he's a big old fat like lunk mm-hmm. jiggly thing. There is one it's, thing here. Oh, I can eat up to 3,300 calories. Yeah. Um, what and, and maintain my weight. I can't do it, you know, every single day, but that what changes is what's recovering. My nails tend to be thicker. My hair tends to be thicker. Like my skin is a little bit like you're getting uh, at 2,500 calories. I'm minimizing what I actually need, but okay. I can survive on it. And I'll be right. just fine. I just and, lose. and maintain weight and maintain and weight. be able to recover from the activity that you're doing. It's fucking crazy. I, um, uh, I reduce the amount of endurance activity I do mm-hmm. and my fingernails grow like crazy. My hair, I don't know if you've noticed mm-hmm. my hair grows like yeah, fucking does. crazy. Yeah. Um, it, and if all I got to do is like start spending 10 or 12 hours a week on my bike and all this will just stop. Goes away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, this is, I, I mean, when you talk about efficiency with food, we are adaptive creatures. So yeah. you know, people would be like, oh, that's nuts. Like, how do you be 200 pounds? Like mathematically when they run, you know, if I do a, 
one of their you know metabolic tests or whatever they'll right. tell me that bare minimum without exercise i'll need at least 2750 yeah and i go uh, yeah, but that doesn't take into consideration what exercise costs me, which it doesn't cost me much. You know, you spend a long time going without and doing more and your body makes it work. Funny enough, it adapts. It, it adapts to yeah. it. And so this is where, um, you know, in my hypothesis of what was going on, the second rule comes in to play when I go, well, macronutrient distribution will decide, especially in a deficit, what kind of weight you're losing. If you're losing mass and not very much- And we're talking about lean mass. Lean mass. And you're not losing just primarily fat, well, it usually means the protein isn't high enough and it means fat and carbohydrate are too high. So I start tracking for a couple days. Ah, and I have to put a big asterisk and like in bold letters, I was tracking what I was eating, not what I wanted to be known to eat. That's a very, whoa, 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 time out. So, <laughs> so when you put like the, um, all the Easter candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it like all I, that shit in. Okay, good. Right. So, so, uh, so it's so it's clear that like when you, you came back with cereal, I don't know that salt and caramel or whatever chocolate Machu Picchu bar that I oh found yeah was this, that good found on my desk. Holy shit! No, I'll tell you what was good. Say like I mean, two the, of those in one day. Yeah, they, they were, that was tasty. <laughs> so what was good actually this morning? I hadn't tasted it until this morning. Selena had eaten half the bar and she's like, "Man, it's really tasty chocolate, especially for seventy percent." Blah blah blah. Hmm. And I was like okay i'm gonna take a chunk of this chocolate and i'm gonna put it in my mouth and i'm gonna add like a handful of macadamia nuts and i'm gonna chew Whoa. that shit up into a sugar fat salt sweet paste <laughs> and i'm gonna chase it with some dark pour over coffee Ooh, god Whoa. damn so we call it obese conjunction <laughs> yeah yeah if that was all i ate of course so, you know so the, the feedback from my days of tracking are, okay. look very similar to that. You're okay, like, yeah. oh man, I really do well on fat, but I don't do well on fat and carbohydrate. Together. Yeah. And yeah. like anybody else, it's really hard to get over 120 grams of protein without actually tr- trying. And actually, you know, to be clear mm-hmm. to, you know, the audience who cares about my body composition and what I eat because mm-hmm. I'm such a fit and, you know, svelte <laughs> kind of dude. Normally, I wouldn't eat the chocolate, but the handful of macadamia nuts in the morning. It's a plus one. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, with the coffee, mm-hmm. that's just like. Every day. It, no, that's that's just like, it's butter coffee. Oh, it's yeah, just it that is, I have huh? to chew. Oh. So when people are like, yeah, that's I don't. Genius. It, it's great, isn't it? I get to, you know, I get to reinforce because honestly, I think the body sort of appreciates mm-hmm. or assimilates calories differently. Mm-hmm. This is a hypothesis, and I'm all spiritual and shit, and probably have <laughs> taken too many psychedelics. But if I chew, even if the cal- caloric intake is the same mm-hmm. as I just drank and swallowed, if I chew, there's a satiety response that's Excellent. different, and the the calor the, those calories last longer. And maybe it's because I don't chew enough, and you know there's a bit of a fiber sort of thing that slows the uh, you know the uptake because of the breakdown, blah blah blah. But in any case, if I if I if I put ghee or some mm-hmm. shit in my coffee that makes it taste like ass, mm-hmm. and you know, a I don't drink the coffee, um, and so I don't get any good stuff. <laughs> I don't, neither do I. I don't get the fat or the caffeine. Right. Um, but if I chew and I drink the coffee, mm-hmm. I can go for many, many hours without eating afterwards. Whereas so, if I drink the fat, 
I need it. My, my, yeah. my appetite, my need for, ca- for, for uh, more calories is triggered a lot sooner. I, there is some data to back that up that the, like, so um, chewing um, basically uh, becomes xenobiotic. So you release enzymes in your liver, mm-hmm. which start to activate the whole digestion process. But drinking doesn't do that same thing. So what I wrote about in Extreme Alpinism published in 1999, may I remind you, about mm-hmm. chewing and mm-hmm. satiety could actually be true. Yeah, I, I think it in fact is. I th- well, it is as true as something can be given the evidence that we have about it. I'll God say that. Damn, we've been doing this shit for uh, a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. A long fucking time. And a lot of those a lot of these rules apply even to ourselves when we're like confused about what's going on. That that's what's Yeah. Whenever I read something about somebody, you know, negating like no, this isn't true. They're generally talking about it from a a self perspective, and most of what we've learned is not actually just in ourselves. It's applying it to other people and when we say oh this just isn't true usually we're saying i thought this was true for 10 years and i've just realized it and now i'm getting that it's not and now i'm getting super vocal about it right yeah it's born again you know religion (laughs) or whatever it's the same fucking shit and this i mean if you want to know how frustrating it is to be to inherently know a lot about nutrition and and not have many ways to modify it anymore. Like I'm efficient with food. There's not many calories I can take away before I have to start affecting exercise. Therefore, I have to be fairly dialed in with what I take away and what I add in. Sounds super complicated. It is. It's really complex. Wait, but it's, it's also, not that simple? It's not that simple. <laughs> but, Shit. But then we're, we'll work we're just with somebody. Shoot our own, yeah. I'll work with somebody that's eating, you know, 4,000 calories a day. I'll cut 400 calories out of it. So they're eating 3,600 calories a day. They're losing five pounds a week. And yeah. I'm like, and they're not even exercising yet. And you're just fucking pissed. Yeah, I'm just like, I remember that that, air, that winter. I don't remember what that winter was when we were like trying to re- get you down <laughs> yeah. to like below. 179 was what I was I, I, trying to stay at. I was going to say, I was just about to say below 180. Um, and like all of the stuff that we try, you know, it's yeah. hours and hours on the trainer. It's this and that, it's this restriction. A, you know, you hated life and being yeah. alive, but B, shit just didn't move. Mm-hmm. And this all has to do with efficiency mm-hmm. and the relationship between, you know, intake and output as far as exercise goes and having done it for decades and decades. And it's like, okay, you're, you're in a position where you're never going to see the big bump. You're never going to see the big loss. It's never, it, it's always going to be super fucking dissatisfying. Mm-hmm. And like, no, it'll it, never happen like that unless yeah. I do something to compromise my health or performance. Right, exactly. And so, you know, there are people listening to, you know, to, when they listen, anybody listens to, a new, you know, mm-hmm. stuff about nutrition or they read their books or this or that. It's just like, okay, what is, what's point A? How do you handle, how, mm-hmm. you know, what is this, the, you know, what is the condition that you have adapted to vis-a-vis output, you know, balanced by intake over the past decade? And yeah, you cut 400 calories from someone's 4,000 calorie mm-hmm. per day intake and that fucker starts losing five pounds. Well, we know exactly what that says mm-hmm. about the adaptation that they have made over the previous 10 years. Yeah. And that's super simple. It's just like, oh, you want to lose? If you're like, what's the secret? I'm like, well, don't behave like you've behaved for the last 10 years. That's a fucking secret. Yeah. What, whatever got you to where you're going, you're going to have to address at some point. Yeah. Uh, and some people, th- this is where... My feeling of people yo-yoing or not being able to manage weight or not being able to make weight or or being or even look what they want to look like have usually a predisposition about being honest about the current self. 
a predisposition to lie about their condition is what you're <laughs> okay, saying, you're right? Being, that was a little bit harsher than what I said. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. This is the dissect podcast, man. This is all about harsh. Oh, man, and- I'm trying to be really nice to people that really have a hard time losing weight because I do. I really genuinely do Well, then do you shouldn't bad. have said fat people are, you know, <laughs> stupid <laughs> in the previous <laughs> podcast, which which earned an actual comment on iTunes, um, you know, like because we're so harsh and. And it's I, like, well, to be fair, parent, I'm still stupid with some of this stuff. So, but coddling doesn't help very much. Doesn't help anybody, and nor does like my sensitivity to what might or might not trigger people. So, and this brings me to the next. And all of this happened kind of in the past couple of weeks. But we have a friend um, who I used to coach on the uh, grid league team, Sheila Barden. She goes by the, uh, I think her handle is Sheila Sue on Instagram. She's an incredibly fit person. She's a games athlete. Um, she looks like a little pit bull and she's fairly muscular for her size. She's like five foot, nothing, but she's kind of jacked out of her mind. And before she, she's had a series of injuries uh, and we will keep that as a side note to probably what her diet looks like. Um, because she is so lean, um, she gets, you know, a lot of, a lot of people admiring like what she can do. Now yeah. she made a comment <laughs> a couple days ago. This it, would be on the socials. Totally. Right? And yeah. I've, you know, we've worked with nutrition with her. Um, I believe now her nutritionist is Becca day, who is an also admirable athlete. Um, and she made the very simple remark by showing her abs and that she has veins through her abs, which is a, another level for a Wait, female on the outside of her abs on the outside, somewhere <laughs> like, between her abs and her skin. There's, there's, there's veins going through there's pipes, which is impressive. And, uh, she made the remark, Hey, I get this in my DMS. I want to look like you. I want abs like you. I want this by this time. She goes, guys, there's one big secret. You have to eat less food. She's like, I go to bed hungry five days out of seven. It's not, uh, I, I'll read her, her direct, her direct <laughs> quote, which is, I believe that you'll really appreciate this. <clears throat> I, I, typically, if there's veins in the abs, I appreciate whatever commentary <laughs> comes through. <laughs> um, and she says, no magic pill, just less food. <laughs> so, so put down the cookie, the glass of wine, and oh, the wait, second wait. serving of chicken. Healthy foods will still make you fat if you're eating more calories than you're burning in a day. Oh my God, the science. Uh, <laughs> and all of it was just like, like, cause people ask her. And so there's 470, 470 comments now all related to people being triggered. I mean, people saying, Hey, this is how girls get eating disorders. First of all, I fucking love me a good eating disorder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I try to get one, but and I just can't do it. Uh, and, and then the, well, I have the majority it, of people commenting on them are quote unquote nutrition coaches. Yeah. And claiming that it's not that simple. It's not this, that it's more complex than that. There's hormones involved. What about sleep? What about recovery? You're ruining people's performance by saying that they should eat less. I want to remind people that the majority cause of, death will be related to obesity and that people not have extreme exercise exa- or, or, or even an extreme even, eating disorders. Yeah. 
which kill, you know, what is, I think it's like 10% of the 4 million people in America that are affected by eating disorders. 10 will die of the eating or 10% will die of the eating disorder. Not yeah. even that high, but because they're relating the suicide that comes from, it's, yeah. it's related to the mental disorder, not the eating disorder itself. Right. Not that, yeah, it has nothing to do with the calories. It right. has to do with the. So in a world where, you know, 33% of us are morbidly obese and 60%, 66% are overweight or obese quote overweight quote, yeah overweight and that just depends and that's a like what that they call is, healthy is shocking no but to that's me, a so. very soft you know whoever put the you know the 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 uh the line between overweight mm-hmm. and you know ideal weight wherever you know where that got drawn mm-hmm. the ideal weight you know <laughs> whatever body height yeah, uh, yeah. Height, 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 weight, yeah. proportionate. You know, wherever that line is between you know being okay and being overweight, and then being and then the other line between overweight and obese, there is some soft barrier placing motherfuckers out there. And I'm just like, oh my, wait, you think you're you are a healthy weight? Okay, so that line got put here to try and prevent people from you know developing eating disorders on the low end of intake, but. For the most part, it's, you know, you, wh- what you say is overweight, I say is obese. And I find it, you know, personally and aesthetically, um, <laughs> you know, you put enough of those overweight, you, you change the orbit of the earth. You put enough of them in one place. <laughs> like on a, a weird corner, it starts to wobble <laughs> and then start to oscillate our position. Exactly. In and that planetary would... motion. <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing, like what I hate me, please. Well, yeah, exactly. Like uh, I give a fuck. Well, in what we're trying to accomplish, like what are most people trying to accomplish with nutrition? Trying to lose weight. Generally. It, uh, for the most part. Oh, I, I would right? have to agree, yeah. Yes. Should, should they see that nutrition yeah. is a way that they could actually manipulate mm-hmm. their body composition? First, you'd have to get to the point where you make a connection between what you stuff in your fucking mouth mm-hmm. and how uh, your body... Um, changes so uh, there and i will say i'll uh, totally admit it, it is not just calories in cal like i can't just get a day de- okay eat 1200 calories a day first side note the people that say i've tried everything i eat less than a thousand calories a day you didn't do it long enough like you yeah did, and you like, miscounted and by i mean studies that if you are self-reporting your intake you're probably off by 30 to 40 you're, yeah you're already low lying and yeah. that, that, that's what just research says let alone when i see human behavior I mean, there's people that Aaron coaches that will put in their diet tracker that they ate at McDonald's three times a day, but they've only eaten 800 calories in a day. That's not possible. What the fuck are you eating at a McDonald's? Well, that- one of those meals was water. I just went for an ice water <laughs> and a black coffee. I love their ice. It's that like soft, crunchy oh, ice, like Sonic. The, the, yeah, the stuff Soft that, on your teeth. Yeah. Love yeah, that. you get the crunch, but without the danger to your enamel. <laughs> I, so when you see people self-report their behavior, you know they're dishonest in the first place. Yeah. So there's when, when I hear, and I, I know because my own mom does this. She's like, Oh, I only eat like 500 calories a day. I did the HCG or whatever the, the diet is. Yeah. She'll tell me. And I'm like, yeah, you're full of shit. Yeah. I, Cause I, I saw see, you eat 600 in yeah. one meal with me that day. No, I saw the calories you counted. Yeah. You only counted 500 calories, but then the like cheese and crackers <laughs> and wine that you had out of that, those are calories too. You, you have to continue to add, like math doesn't stop just because you finished your salad. Just be, or just because you finished lunch. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I had to go back this morning and go, oh, I had two cookies last night after I got really high. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 172 calories. Damn. 
It was yeah. a thick ass cookie. Yeah, I didn't know. That was a good cookie. <laughs> it really Actually, that doesn't. <laughs> sounds like a kind of a small cookie to me, but. Well, yeah, they're homemade. I, they're really good, though. Uh, so there, this kind of this ideal, like the, this, what we're dealing with now, like what scares me fundamentally about that post was how aggressive people are about negating a very well-known fact that calories and being in a deficit and being hungry is part of losing fat. There's so, other parts to it. The, 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 oh, sorry, please. But that scares me. Like that. Yeah. That goes. Are we getting to the point where it's not socially acceptable to talk about what actually gets people healthier? Like, is that that is a frightening premise? Where okay, we're not allowed to talk about race, religion, sex, or anything, gender. Weight is going to be soon. Well, that I mean, let's demonize the fuck out of that. I, I mean, anybody who talks about that, I think that's what's next. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I have the um this thing that came up in, in our discussion last night with uh, Selena and I and we were you know we we're talking about wakes I'm looking at her and she's just sort of increase you know decrease the volume but increase the intensity of her training recently because um, this year the plan is not to do any more mm-hmm. half marathons or a, an actual marathon but it's like run a fast 5k but mostly to run a fast mile so obviously intensity is going to have to increase because mm-hmm. speed needs to go up and so her body composition is changing even though she has reduced volume but bumped intensity and we were talking about sort of you know post-exercise metabolic mm-hmm. um increase uh etc you know for you know for longer that okay you know you can do two hours of an easy run and your metabolic rate is going to come back to normal basically one or two hours after the fact but you do you know a one hour of higher intensity training and that and the intensity is only things like okay you're doing 16 by 20 seconds or you're doing you know 5 by 5 minutes at, mm. at higher intensity or whatever but the the but the metabolic rate you know gets jacked up for more hours after the fact so you know the body's like burning the snacks mm. quote unquote snacks <laughs> that it has stored you know on <clears throat> on her gazelle like frame so she's basically <laughs> having to force feed herself to maintain weight right now while I'm noticing like, damn, you're like got veins poking out in your, you know, in your uh, arms, you know, not your forearms where it would be normal, but in your upper arms and yeah, abdominal vein, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, so there's this, this increase in leanness and we were, you know, talking about that and she's just like, you know, I, 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 I can't I can't talk about this in public or whatever because already everybody thinks I'm too skinny because oh, yeah. I'm not anything like them and right. you know because I'm relatively healthy and capable. She obviously and, has an eating disorder for totally for you know yeah yeah and and we were, and then we were talking about somebody that she knew that she knows in the running community that was like who didn't get her period until she was 22 years old. I'm like, okay, so that's a, that's an interesting eating, you know, sort of disorder and, um, and, and that sort of thing. And, 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 uh, but, but, but a friend, uh, or someone that she knows, um, uh, um, another runner who's, you know, happens to be a single mom or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and she had, um, recently, you know, added some weightlifting, uh, you know, for bone density, for, you know, for strength, reduced contact time, you know, in, uh, when turnover's high, when you're running, et cetera, for a variety of reasons. Lifting weights is pretty fucking good for running. Mm-hmm. So she was pretty psyched that she, you know, was uh, th- this runner um, was able to, 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 to back squat her body weight. And so she posted about that. Mm-hmm. But that also meant she had to that reveal she had, her body weight. She had to reveal her body weight. And then somebody responded, you know, asked her, why would you include your body weight? Because that's a trigger for many people. 
way. <laughs> and then apparently, you know, just, uh, the, and uh, uh, this, the, this uh, Steph, who's the runner, you know, she sat on it for a little bit and she's like, I'm not going to respond to negative energy. I'm not going to respond to negative energy. That's yes. part of my whole deal, not to respond to negative energy. And then, you know, she decided, okay, I'm going to respond because I won't let how what I reveal or broadcast in inf- as information regarding my professional running career, regarding the fact that I am also a mother, regarding mm-hmm. the fact that I'm also interested in health. I am not going to let what I want to share be affected by people who read it and then feel shitty about their own condition, their own lack of accomplishment, their own, oh, okay, it's a disease, fine, yeah, it's and it's a mental disease is what that is. But um, this whole idea about triggering, I refuse and have done so since the very fucking beginning to modify my behavior or what I talk about because of how it might affect other people. I want to affect other people. I want to take the, 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 you know, the wooden spoon and scrape the burnt chili off the bottom of the pot and stir it into the chili to remind me that I fucked up. And to share with other people that, a, I fucked up or I accomplished something or this or that, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. We're never, and that's obviously why you know our podcast is so popular is because we don't hold back. And, um, <laughs> and and this this idea of like, okay, modify my behavior or my communication because of it, how it might affect you. If I care about you on an individual level, mm. in a one-on-one relationship, whatever, yeah, I'm gonna hold that back. But as a general broadcast. Hey, the reason that that triggers you is because you cannot do these same things. Th- these same things. The reason that triggers you is because you have failed to do this. You can't, you know, uh, modify your body composition, improve your physical performance, change your looks. You know, whatever it is that you're trying to do and failing to do, that's the source of your dissatisfaction. It's not what these people, what somebody else posts or says. Mm. And yeah, yeah. I talk about my diet. I talk about my weight. I talk about my, you know, yeah, I'm a height weight proportionate. Yeah. Does, does my, does my physical composition when it looks good, does it help me do what I want to do? Or do I need to carry a little extra weight? Like someone who was a power lifter Mm -hmm. who you would look at on the beach and he's like, ah, that person's kind of soft It's bulky and everything, but it's kind of soft and, you know, doughy or whatever. But yeah, that's the, those are the kind of resources you need to carry around 24 hours a day in order to recover from the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. You get a, you get a pass. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's okay. That's just the way it is. That's that, that is what is normal in that sport. But then, you know, you apply the beach filter or whatever, and I can just you know, then, and, and you go, okay, that guy, you know, you know dude, don't wear a Speedo. <laughs> sorry. You know, board shorts, maybe yeah. high-waisted preferably. Or, do, or old, you, know, you could wear those or, chubbies, the shorts, the brand chubbies. I, Jesus, yeah. They're fucking, have you seen their commercial? No. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, they God. just have a bunch of like dad bods jumping around in shorts on a boat. It's fucking awesome. Oh it's like, oh shit. Like. Okay, we're we're targeting a demographic that we know is like absolutely uh, apparently sixty six percent of the population, yeah. instead of where you know you start making clothes where a size zero is actually a size zero. See, here's where I <laughs> you don't you I, know, I, not many people will buy those anymore because there aren't that many fucking real size zeros <laughs> walking around. The, I know they had to change. Um, yeah, to accommodate so yeah. that they wouldn't insult the people, so that so, like. 
This is this is Wait, the, my we, funny part about Aaron always bitching about her weight. Like, ah, oh, I feel so chubby right now. Which, which, speaking of language, this is a really interesting. We we were in Peru, yeah, and we were um, with a a bunch of people, locals. That a lot of bread products Spanish. consumed in Peru, if I remember correctly. <sighs> um, not as many as I had hoped because that was my safety net. Oh right, okay. I could not find as much to keep. Actually, bread, yeah, pretty safe in terms of uh, intestinal issues. Yeah, you're, so you're that's what right. I was yeah. looking for. What I ended up with was a whole bunch of raw fish, which is the opposite of what I would be comfortable with. But it's basically the only thing there was um, that Put I could have citrus and enough garlic in it. Yeah, right? I, I mean, loads of just citrus, citrus, tons of peppers, tons yeah. of cayenne. Um, anyway, so we were in the car and we're learning Spanish. Aaron and I both are. And so we're speaking what little we know. And Aaron... Um, <laughs> Como se amo? I feel fat. <laughs> and somebody stopped and they were like, I feel, you can't say that in Spanish. And she goes, why not? And she goes, well, you can't say, I feel like something. There's not an analogous way of saying that in Spanish. It is you are, or you aren't. Your feelings are disregarded. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, how do you say I feel like a woman? <laughs> it's like the first thing out of my, like they are not, they're like the whole Spanish language is transphobic. Like anyway, back to a, a milder topic. I, okay. Well, it was interesting wait, 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 because you on, can only on. say I'm Can fat. I say in Spanish? Mm. I identify as fat. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's one of those, it's one of those weird, like, and this is where language is so important. Because I always have, hence my eating yeah. disorder. <laughs> I've always identified as fat, you know, and, and so I'm trying to change that because I don't want to identify as fat any longer. So, uh, but I may be joking, I may be not. And most people will condemn Aaron's view of like, but this is how she keeps track of it. If she constantly feels like she needs to live up to something, she's going to control it better. And she does. Yeah. She controls it better than anybody I know. I mean, she took kind of a bullshit fat test thing the mm -hmm. other day and I said she was 10%. And I was like, well, you can't really bitch about being fat. She's like, no, now I just bitch about being too bulky. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So that I just bitch about it. It's not a prime number. <laughs> Well, she's she's probably closer to thirteen ish, if I could guess. Okay, because she does have veins in her abs. Yeah. Um, but this this association with um, how we feel about ourselves, I I really do agree that I want. I think it's good for people to feel good about themselves. Like I am a very body positive kind of person. The problem is that when people are bigger or they're not the norm, or they're not this sex symbol that they wish that they were. Not the norm on either side of right. the, they, or, or not the, yeah. They either. feign comfortable, uh, like comfortability with themselves. And then they blame people who are uncomfortable with becoming them, if that makes sense. So I'm fine with somebody being overweight and taking all the health implications, hence we don't need universal healthcare, but, I'm okay with that. As long as somebody is okay with living that way and all the implications that come with being obese, go for it. More than happy to let you be like that. Um, but it, it's also for me to be okay of not becoming that. Like, I don't want to become you. I don't understand. When we talk, let me just. Mm -hmm. Is that I, I, okay? I got, I got that, a, does that make sense to you? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just want to make sure I stated that correctly. No, I, <laughs> when everything that is not like us is other. Mm -hmm. And now that we can express our displeasure with other, 
without consequence, without ever having to defend it via, you know, internet, social media, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> now that that's, that's what we do. Mm. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, bigger fella. I mean, compared to some. <laughs> to Joe, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was actually thinking other countries where there's, you know, less food, but, Not right. um, <laughs> uh, cultures, not countries, um, but whatever's not normal. I mean, and I know have uh, in the past, and I'll just I'm just going to go back five years when I thought Aaron was too big, mm-hmm. and I said some I, I made one or two really shitty comments that I will never forget or forgive myself for saying now. But at the time, it seemed right, and um, but that's but it was also because it was other. She was mm-hmm. other. She was expressing something that I wasn't personally comfortable with. Who gives a fuck what I'm comfortable with except me? Why would I try to change someone else or impose what I think is correct on someone else via my language, via my behavior, via, you know, um, withholding uh, love and care Mm -hmm. based on how that person is different from me? The fuck was my problem? Well, I was, again, there's granted, plenty, <laughs> plenty, yeah, plenty, but great, you know, and, yeah. and I will say what the fuck my problem, you know, I, mean, I know exactly at that mm-hmm. time is that I wasn't comfortable with who I was. So I was looking to make comments about everything around me. I was in the process of an enormous change mm-hmm. and, um, and, and not, you know, not there yet, mm-hmm. but because of the change and the tumultuousness of that period, it was easier to look outside and make comments. Mm. I'm pretty good with where I am now. Hmm. The comments decrease. The comments are my, and my, also my interest in what is outside of me and making me feel a certain, or, or, you know, triggering me Mm -hmm. is different because I've arrived at a place of relative equilibrium. So you could say that once you are comfortable with self, you're more understanding. Absolutely. And the people that are, by correlation, not understanding are not comfortable with self. Yes. That's all right. Well, I think we've managed I, to and, and, and right on one hour and four minutes, which is what we said we wanted a podcast. Yeah. I mean, we can keep going because obviously this is no, this that, is, that, that's a fascinating like proclamation that I've never, I mean, we, you kind of know it. Like there's all these Tony Robbins, you know, training things that talk about, you know, people that are judgmental usually are judgmental as an expression from themselves. And I've said yeah. it to myself, like I, the voice, my external voice is usually really nice to my internal voice. Like the comparison between oh, the two, yeah. my internal one is fucking brutal. Yeah. Like I'll pick everything apart about myself and others. The one that makes it out. That's fairly judgmental is like a nice guy. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. At least in terms of how I see people respond to that nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I do like, uh, there's another, uh, what I know, uh, we we're in a um, we're in a grocery store in Peru to try to find some bread, packaged <laughs> foods that might have better. Uh, l- no, 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 not better, less. Le- well, I was trying to find imported foods from other, like, from America or something. But something yeah. that, that has generally, if it's packaged yeah. in those countries, it's going to be processed, which means that anything that might affect your guts or your overall health in a negative way, right has been eradicated from it. And to be fair, I was getting, I, I had gotten away pretty clean. I only had one little. I want it to be packaged and as close to the expiration date as possible. This is what I noticed, which is really strange. Walking around the store, 
uh, and, and I've noticed this before, the poorer the country, the sweeter the food. Because sugar is the cheapest pacifier. Like, the, uh, and I was just like, oh, everything is overly sweet. And, and sugar is cheap and sugar. And that does sit like, God damn, it you're was right. so yeah. strange to me. It just like hit me like, like they have this thing called Inca, Inca soda or Inca cola. <laughs> it's made by Coca-Cola and it is fucking unbearable. Like I tasted it and I was like, that's just maple syrup, syrup in a can. Yeah, it little like that's <laughs> you know like it has a citrusy taste to it, but it was literally just the sweetest thing I'd ever have. And when you start looking around, everybody is drinking them. Yeah, and you're like, and people are generally carrying some extra weight. Yes, I mean, and especially if that you know, like you take an indigenous population mm-hmm. and you apply refined carbohydrates. Oh, Jesus, lack you know, and there, this is the, an argument. Especially from if you say tops, indigenous right? had previously been subsistence. Yeah, 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 yeah. population. Yeah, and then. And then you add the sugar and it's, no. And Gary Tobbs made this this proclamation. And I think he's, uh, uh, the, the argument is that it's a combination of things. It's sugar, fat, you know, uh, sedentary lifestyle. There's a whole bunch of factors. It has to be. It's complex. Yeah. His is that it's purely sugar, which is untrue because when they, you know, study just sugar, dude, it's real hard to get fat if all you're eating is sugar. It's, it's easy to get unhealthy. Okay. But it's really hard. Like, imagine just let's take the most basic. Put a bowl of sugar in front of you. That's all you're allowed to eat. You're not going to fucking eat. I am suddenly not hungry. Exactly. <laughs> like, you take, you know, man, I need to eat, so I need something. But yeah. how long is that going to last before? I mean, your teeth will rot out, or you'll probably die of starvation just because you just, you cannot manage yourself on sugar. So, therefore, it, it is a, you know, combination. Uh, I think Rob Wolf talked about, this in his um, last book, Wired to Eat, which I thought was phenomenal. They have the show, um, fuck, it's the disgusting one, like man versus food. Okay. So he just eats like whatever enormous, disgusting, diner, gross, challenge food. Oh, like, oh right. Yeah, so he shows up, it's the world's biggest burrito. If and you eat try this, to eat it's it. free. Yeah. You get a t-shirt and yeah. then you have to eat this hot sauce An with it. An extra large t-shirt. Yeah. So there's one that he talks about that was fucking fascinating because we we talked about uh, palate saturation mm-hmm. in endurance sports because that's a real thing. You have to, you if yeah. it's too sweet, you are not going to fuel yourself because it, it, you can't handle it. Exactly. And this is at a time when your body is demanding glucose. So therefore... If you can give me sugar that doesn't taste like sugar, sh- give yeah. me sugar that tastes like steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something something with a little bit more or savory. baked potato aspect. with a little olive oil and rosemary and maybe a hint of butter. So the guy <laughs> is trying to take down like a three-gallon thing of ice cream in one sitting. He has an hour to do it. And he's just like, he's getting green because it looks like he's going to vomit. He's like, it's, it's coming back up and he's only halfway through. And he stops and he orders a thing of fries. He's like, I need some fries. And so they bring him out a thing of hot, crispy, and he pours a bunch of salt on it, and he starts eating the fries. And they're like, in an eating challenge, this seems so weird. Yeah, you wouldn't want to put more in. But what However he, you want to, you do, you do want to change. You want to yeah. change the saturation. So what yeah. he did is give him, his body a different signal. Yeah. Therefore, he can go back and actually finish the ice cream because now salty and sweet is so easy to consume together. And now I can overeat beyond what my brain and would allow me And now I understand do. why someone can eat an entire bag of chips chased by a quart of ice cream. Yes. Because the combination of now the I'm two. I'm getting hungry. I know. Now I really want some. <laughs> no, some Dorito. No, the, this this aspect is. Hey, you saw the 
Comrades food truck is there today. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, dude, I love Comrades. I know, me too. I could I could go for that. Yeah. Man, it's well within my calories. And it's about time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I've, had, I've had like two hard-boiled eggs. Uh, let's see. Let's just let's just check the time. Yeah. So it's five it's, six. it's five p.m. Yeah. Uh, today, and I didn't count because I don't give a fuck. But I did have like this, you know, two squares of chocolate, a handful of macadamia nuts, mm-hmm. you know, black coffee. That was a little bit, and then I had two hard-boiled eggs, and that was like mashed up with some salt and pepper and olive oil, and spread mm-hmm. on a single rice cake. Okay, I don't even know how much that is because I don't give, a, I don't care. And then I spent whatever and went, you know, pretty hard on the bike. Mm-hmm. Not for long, right? Because it's indoors, and I can't. We're not gonna do that. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm about ready for one of those big ass fucking sandwiches. Yeah, because not a two day sandwich. No, no, no. That's different. <laughs> that's different. That's too big. Um, it's not for the weekend. This is one of the things that I had to change when I was like, okay, I, a, I, I need to preserve muscle mass if I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. Um, because I would so like which to be is, essentially, okay, you're aiming for a couple of different, mm-hmm. you know, endurance type events, mm-hmm. but with, but, but you also have to maintain physical capability in mm-hmm. the gym setting. This is an interesting dilemma, <laughs> one which very few people are in confrontation with. So if you're just fat and overweight and mm-hmm. hoping for a tip, this is not it. <laughs> so, if you're too well, skinny and hoping to gain weight, this is not it. So uh, my so I'm looking at a problem like I need to increase volume over the next like three to six months, Yeah, which is going to ultimately um, take away from my ability to recover from other stuff. Yeah. Um, I need to maintain strength or increase it. Therefore I need to recover. So a lot of, when I look at it, like it's a very simple answer to me. Um, I can't, I can no longer sustain doing the workload that I do intermittent fasting. And I am a natural faster. When I wake up, I usually have coffee and then I won't. It's not exactly fasting because you triggered a response in your liver, but you know. To to a point. Yeah. I I mean, when we're talking, like it's not xenobiotic fasting but it is technically still fasting um, because you're not digesting anything. Yeah. So even if you add, I mean, you're not putting any calories in. Right. Exactly. So um, I'll I'll have some caffeine, coffee, something. And then before you know it, (laughs) it's four o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) or, or later. Like, I mean, I've gone as bad, like, and this is a bad habit of mine. I mean, I can even train at noon. Yeah. You know, come Mm -hmm. to work, (laughs) the office. Yeah. And then, Go again, and then about four or five, I'm like, oh, shit. And then it's like, whatever food truck is down the street, I'm going to get. And yeah, I can eat whatever I want because there's no way I can fit in more than 2,500 calories in one and a half meals. Yeah, in one setting. Yeah. I mean, and and, 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 and here's and this, this is something which I think is quite an inter- interesting thing. You know, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And oh, my God, it's like, okay, how many people look at the clock in the mid to late afternoon and realize they have not eaten. Probably. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the big zero. Sure. I was going to say, know. but it will be obvious who does because yeah. you appear a certain way. But, and, and, and this whole idea, I mean, if I, like I rarely, when I wake up, mm. the last fucking thing I want to do is eat. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all it's it's very difficult for me to actually wake up and think about food. I'm like breakfast is the most important yeah. meal of the day. I'm like, yeah, if it happens at one p.m., I have to trick myself. So for my first calories, they have to be liquid because I am not ha- hungry whatsoever. And, yeah. and this is the big this is my I mean, big I change is pro- I need to prioritize protein because I have been relying on just eating meals. Which again, I have a thing against this because. I'm letting restaurants and places that I go to consume food dictate what my macronutrient Nutrient balance profile is. is yeah. I maintain that I I I control the calories because I won't eat or I'll eat more of if right. I need to. But when you think about it, protein is the most expensive ingredient in any food. So when you're eating out, there's no way that you can actually get the correct composition of food that will maintain musculature recovery and all this other. That's why you pregame. That's why you pregame. Yeah. So the one fix for me and, and, you know, sugar is cheap. So they fill with carbohydrate. That's the easiest thing to fill with is carbohydrate. So whenever you eat, there's usually four ounces of chicken in a meal. And then there's probably 12 ounces of potatoes and rice or other things. Yeah. You're just like, because people go to go out to eat and expect volume and drenched in fat and salt because that makes it palatable. And, and, and then you go to some place and this is. First night we went out to dinner and I knew, and I was so fucking mad because I knew that I should, I mean, every, every time I'm in a social setting, especially mm-hmm. if I've, okay, I'm traveling, I don't eat and mm-hmm. I get there and I, you know, then it's social and I don't eat. And then I know that if we're about to go to dinner, I need to go eat first before I go to dinner. Yeah. Because especially in situations like that, I'm going to go to a place where you pay more for less volume. Yes. Like a nice restaurant, you're always getting like, okay, there's this super tasty, tiny thing that is big as a tablespoon with some mm-hmm. fucking weird drizzle colors on the plate. And, <laughs> you know, there it is. And you're just like, oh my God, that is amazing. It's totally worth $100. Can I have 12 more of those? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that is exactly when I pulled the dude aside. Later, I'm just like, yeah, I realize, you know, you, your, your whole t- mm. thing here is to share plates, right? So when you bring the two skirt steaks for the rest of the table for them to share, bring. I'm motherfucking selfish. Yeah. Bring me a skirt steak. And so that happened. That, that, that's ha- is... had, ha- how it had to go down. But I wouldn't have been like that. I wouldn't have been as antisocial mm. had high pre-gamed mm-hmm. had i looked after my own condition had i and i know this and it's just like a lesson i keep having to learn but but it's funny when you see people who are lean and you say oh it's genetics oh it's this no it is behavioral most of the time because aaron does the same thing when we went out in peru or even when we're in budapest we'd yeah. go out to these big meals that are like some of the nicest restaurants you can go to and you know it's like oh just order for the table and we'll share aaron's like fuck you. No. I want this. I want my salad. I exactly. want four ounces of chicken and I need it. I, I'm not sharing with anybody. Yeah. She's it's done a, this so many times that it's actually kind of a joke. We, we order everyone, some stuff and then get to Aaron and she's like, all right, I don't want any of that. I want this because I need to control my situation. Exactly. And, and, and this is, and one of the discussions I had, um, uh, with, with one of my new friends and he's a very cool guy. We were, we, we were talking about the, the, you know the, the, this uh, behavior within these sort of mm-hmm. group and corporate, if you will, meal type situations, and it's super easy if that's mm-hmm. the habit, if that's if if that's something that you confront all the time, and mm-hmm. you're trying to fit in, and you don't want to be that guy, mm-hmm. you end up eating, you know, with the group and having them mm-hmm. basically decide how you are going to eat and what you're going to eat that night. And what we came up with, we, you know, we were talking, he's like, I've lost a bunch of weight. And I'm just like, yeah, you're not really that close. And he goes, oh, I know I'm two kilos over 10 kilos too heavy. 
<laughs> and he goes, it's the result of this type of situation. Yeah. And I said, you just need to be more of an asshole. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I know. But sometimes it's difficult, especially mm. when people are looking to me about how they're going to behave. Yeah. Because if he's, if he's sort of leading the dinner. But he also, but, but we, 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 that was a, an, in, an, an, very instructive discussion f- mm. for me because it was like, no, I'm always going to be the odd guy. I'm always going to be mm-hmm. the guy out because I can't allow, if I want to, you know, maintain health, maintain capacity for mm-hmm. performance, et cetera, and sooner you know, survive in these situations, I need to be an asshole socially and or let's say just say selfish, mm-hmm. which I don't think is an asshole type behavior. No. But it is to say that, look, no, I want this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And the table can have, you know, whatever they want. But this, if, if and like Aaron, if I'm going to control the impact this has or the ultimate outcome mm-hmm. on, you know, my health and body composition, I got to take control. I got to put my foot down at some point and it's going to cost something. And, and either it, socially or financially. And in some cases, like in for the past, when there is no goal, when there is no achievement or there's no body composition or health status or performance metric that goes along with what we need to eat, then it's probably totally fine to show up and get fed is what I would call it. (laughs) You know, it is no different than standing in a line of, you know, farm animals and just whatever you get fed, you get fed, you know, oh, now's, you know, the, the blueberry and barley. So it's slaughter season. Yeah. But then after that, you like, if you're in the sort of corporate environment, then you, you know, you, you show up, you get fed and that repeats over in a period of time. And then mm-hmm. you blame someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, but because, Oh no, no, it's just, no, I travel, you know, I'm up late. I'm in it, man. They got to be awake early and I do these things and all, all of our sort of, sort of work meetings, et cetera, are tied, you know, happen around meals and that kind of thing. And I can't really avoid it because I don't want to be like the weird guy. And I'm just like, dude, you're not, like that weird it's not like you're well, I was gonna showing say, up naked to a black tie event or if something if you don't I mean, want to be the weird, weird guy if, if that is if that's your you know determined behavior is like oh, i don't want to stand out then you do not want to stand out which means you can't be better than anybody either you're going to be the median you're going to fall into the trap of doing what everybody else does and you'll look like everybody else you'll perform like everybody else and therefore you'll never get ahead mm-hmm. which is everyone's stated goal mm-hmm Huh. Weird. Wow. If I do what everyone else does, I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. the same as them. I, That's and, just so interesting to me. Like, oh my God, I, I never thought about it like that, about like, you know, following the mediocre leads to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I had the, I think I've talked about this before when I noticed this behavior on a, on a movie set because they have crafty and they provide lunch and you know, it's different every day or, you know, the tent at lunchtime is just like, boom, you get, you know, an assortment of salad. There's some kind of protein. There's a, but it's different every day. And so I would check it every day. Some days it's not appetizing. And one day that I looked in, I go, yeah, I'm not really into chicken and gravy. So I like, you know, turned out the tents and was like, Oh, it's not good enough for you. And I looked down at their belly and then looked back up at them and I go, I don't want, that fat cook to decide what I look like. So I'm not going to let him decide my meal. I didn't, like from that day forward, I never ate there again. Yeah. Because it, w- it was like, oh yeah, we let so much of our control out of our hands and I do it, you know, and automatically. Th- and, and then and then voluntarily give it up as an excuse yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I, I couldn't decide or no, I, I, I didn't have any choices. I, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't like, the choice I would have to make 
I, I was walking into a place where someone else decided, mm-hmm. and it was free. I want to make the decision not to go into that place mm-hmm. because I don't like what they're serving. That's going to cost me something. So I made a game out of this for you know one of our clients that's dealing with this now. We're talking like when he travels, every dinner is out with like yeah. dozens of people and the most elaborate food. And what I said was like, you make a game out of it. You control so tightly what your meal is, but then no matter what, you order dessert. So when people ask, they're like, oh, he's on a diet. Yeah, he's dieting. Oh, he's doing this. You make it, you you assert and, and you, you vocalize. You make dessert obvious. And then you make dessert like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting yeah. dessert because I controlled what I can control. Therefore, this is also in control too. And then people go, oh, they don't do, act like that. They eat all the appetizers, all the bread, all the, you know, everything, all the preamble. And then they're like, oh man, I'm too stuffed for dessert. Or or they'll get dessert on top of them and be, you know, disgusting. Doubly stuffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we... You know, so if so, you don't want to walk around being double stuffed, so sometimes, don't eat it all. Sometimes it's best to actually stand out, to actually make a proclamation of, no, yeah. I don't behave like this. Especially if, if, if it's the person I think you're talking about. Yeah. Especially if he's in a situation where he can actually influence others' behavior because he is looked up to right. because of his right. success, let's say. Yeah. And, this is, and, and this is, you know, something. Yeah, you, you're, um, if, if you're a sheep hmm. and you're, you know... Uh, just following because it's the herd mentality mm. and not deci- making any sort of decisions. Well, you're going to end up where most sheep end up <laughs> first sheared <laughs> and then a chop. And then, and then, and yeah. Um, no, man, I was told I was a lion. Yeah, I know you were told that, but <laughs> <laughs> funny thing is you're, 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 uh, you're distinctly, you're behaving Quite unlike a lion, and if you are a lion, it's for sure you know small L, yeah, and <laughs> and then I O N or even in smaller fonts, you know, size than. No, like, I didn't say you were a lion. I said you were lying. Yeah, no, I said about, you were. I, yeah. I actually, I said, what I said was you were lying down <laughs> too much instead of standing up. Uh, I, I, this this subject can go on for I don't know ever because it ever. it is really interesting to me i i just i think it was an important thing to bring up because so many things have been popping up around the circle and i think yeah. i get really tired of nutrition not because the subject is bad but because the attitudes around it and this newly founded outrage around what you can and cannot say makes it kind of like well i don't want to talk about it because you know you'll make a bad guy out of stating facts and it's, it's yeah and as, and as soon as you start talking about i mean when we get to that that go back to the thing where the messenger matters and they're like, oh, you can talk about that because, you know, white privilege and, mm-hmm. you know, you're genetically predisposed to be, you know, lighter or this or that. And I was like, no, I actually uh, learned pretty good behavior when I was young and I was able to maintain it and not be influenced by outside yeah. people and actually had my, you know, how I behave around food and relate to it governed by my, the, my, my, my intent vis-a-vis my, you know, physical ambitions mm-hmm. as, you know, professional climber. And then later it was a body composition guy or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But it's like, no, it it's not. It, yes, I was given the intelligence and the self-awareness by my parents to manage my behavior. And <laughs> genetics. Genetics and, and whatever. And okay, so that was a gift. That's mm-hmm. that and, and that's a wonderful gift. And I should probably thank, you know, parents, society, this, that, the other thing, um, for for that gift. But um you know, I'm not gonna let anybody else get off use not having received the gift as an excuse 
And then, you know, hey, I'm a single payer for my own medical insurance. <laughs> I know what it fucking costs. And I know that I'm paying for a lot of you motherfuckers' bad choices right. in, with those insurance premiums. Please. And I, Look I mean, after yourself. That should be a totally other. That's yeah, a different thing. Yeah, it really. I mean, because it's a it's a compelling argument based off of a conversation even we had about helmets. Like, why Canada? It's illegal to wear a helmet. It's like well, because they're footing the fucking bill. So therefore, now. Oh, it's illegal not to wear. A helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Uh, now they are objectively in control of your behavior because they have to pay, and this is like. This is why I, I would And here like it's the exact same thing. It's just yeah. hidden. It's just not stated. It's not right. up front. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should cover that at some point. Healthcare system. Does it work? <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or risk sort of thing. And we yeah. could talk about, you know, because, and Joe has been on, and Joe's, mm-hmm. you know, he's been riding a bike for a long time. Sometimes right. when he's representing USA Cycling, he wears a helmet. Yeah. You know, because uh, the kids. Yeah. Um, and you know when he's out riding on his own and no one knows who he is, he doesn't. He chooses not to wear a helmet. He chooses to manage his own risk. Mm-hmm. And but but he also realizes as and this is actually a discussion that has come up you know quite a bit in you know with in relation to skiing and snowboarding, especially mm-hmm. resorts, that kind of thing is that people with helmets on and then they start doing crazy shit because they think yeah. they're invincible. It's like oh you have a deflector shield on your noggin and I don't no, you don't I don't think insurance does anything really all that different. Like when, oh, whether when you people, were wearing a helmet or not, or or yeah. no, I mean, I mean, uh, or, in healthcare uh, in general. So when I look yeah. at it, I go, oh, like you know, uh, we don't have insurance. That's not something that we partake in. Mostly, mm-hmm. we're taking a. When I look at the numbers, I'm taking a calculated risk. Yeah. When I look at it, I go, I uh, am fairly careful with my health. Yeah. Like I maintain the fact that I will order prescriptions when I need them online through various Canadian pharmacies, you know, if I need them for like, yeah. you know, antibiotics, if anything bad happens. Um, plus if I have an emergency thing, I look at the risk and I go, okay, uh, insurance for us each, each month would be close to 750 or $800. We're yeah. self-employed or whatever yeah. you want to conclude. Um, and that's Therefore, for two people. That's for two people. And then over the course of a year, we're looking at, you know, it's close to 10 grand. Yeah. If I were to break my arm or do something that needed emergency medicine, the chances of it being over 10 grand are very, very low. Yeah. Um, if it's way over that, that's the gamble. Like that's the risk assessment. But sure. I maintain that, man, if something happens, I will pay cash for it. Plus there's a discount for being uninsured. So it's managing risk. I also and noticed happily, that I'm, this year you don't have to pay the penalty for not having insurance. Right, exactly. So, and, and I had to pay that before and it's fine. I'll pay for it. Cause it's fucking cheap. Actually, well, the penalty, like, they didn't make the penalty extreme enough to like put, you know, yeah. I was like, Oh wait, I could not have insurance and only pay $2,500 is the penalty for not. That's nah, fucking totally manageable. However, I have insurance and I've had a, you know, shoulder reconstruction yeah. and a hip replacement. Because of that, which would have been a bit too much. So I have been on the losing side of this, right? You know, I had an elbow reconstruction, which was $65,000. Got that reduced down a little bit, have an appendectomy. But over the course of not having insurance, I have paid less by paying directly. Yeah. Then being, you know, mandatorily paying each year and, and each month. And the other funny thing is, you know, when, when we, when we, you know, because in fitness, a lot of times mm-hmm. we talk about sort of the third triangulating the payment and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Same thing in medical insurance yep. is that like, 
I'm looking in the eyes of the doctor and I've got a stack of fucking hundreds. <laughs> what are you going to charge me, dude? Yeah, exactly. And it's never going to be what. Oh, you know, we just because I a... see, you know, like my ins- my insurance plan. They're just like they're proud to say, yeah. "Hey, this is what the bill was," but we negotiated all these discounts, yeah. and I'm just like, "You've just exposed your bullshit system to yeah, me." Yeah. Like that didn't cost that much. It never costs that much in the first place, and so the discounts you negotiated are fabricated in order to get me to pay. And I would say if, if people- Or to be psyched about like having a relationship with you. If people were more open to actually um, intelligently risking, like yeah. they're betting on their health, they're betting on circumstance, they'd be more likely to take care of themselves too. So I, was, I have a photograph I'll post it sometime soon. I was you know, recently down in Miami for mm-hmm. uh, some work. And, you know, that's some time off, so I'm going to go walk around Miami and check it out. You know, take my camera, because take my cameras for a walk whenever I go, and I run across this dude, and he's standing on the corner, and he's begging, and this and that. And, and I snap the photo of him, and I'm like, I wonder what, like, okay, what that guy's circumstances are, why he doesn't have work, why he's got his hand out, and this and that. And so I, you know, I, 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 you know, I snap the photographs, you know, we wave, and I'm just like, no, I'm not giving you money, because I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if you tell me your story or whatever, uh, yeah. So... Selena looks at the photo, photograph. She goes, oh, yeah, that dude's diabetic. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's super skinny. She goes, yeah, look, he's yeah. got like the post-op, he's got the, the you know, the post-op boot, basically, yeah. which, you know, open-toed thing with a uh, compression wrap around uh, all the way up to mid-calf. She's just like, no, that's cl- that's classic. And you can you can be diabetic without, you know, oh, yeah. without being chubby yeah. and uh, or obese or mm-hmm. overweight or whatever fucking word you want to use. And I was like, oh, Wow. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, but I but I look at this and I and and you know you make I, I make certain assumptions about uh, someone's condition when I see them in certain circumstances, but ultimately you know realize like oh here's someone who didn't look after themselves. I mean I could make up whatever story mm-hmm. I want, but you know here's someone whose behavior affected them in a way that you know. They're on a street corner with their hand out. I'm not saying that medical, you know, insurance mm. is too expensive and it marginalizes people and all that. I'm, that's not what I'm what I'm saying. But but if you knew that your behavior was actually going to have consequences, mm-hmm. you would modify that behavior. And I think the problem not only with the medical insurance and the pharmaceutical companies is that everything is designed to keep you comfortable yes. and without risk. And therefore, you don't have to change anything. In fact, you expect that you will always be comfortable without risk and uh, that there will be oxygen available to you. It's a really, I I think it's one of the things that is, you know, because doctors won't talk about nutrition modifying health almost whatsoever most doctors won't like of in any not, because most of them are over obese and have no control over it themselves or they weren't trained properly on it or or you know it's one of those really hard things to um study nutrition is an impossible thing to study you can always find holes in any kind of study yeah and whether oh they didn't do it in a but it there was are, an award study it wasn't this kind of study it wasn't double blind it but wasn't, there are best practices that yeah. you could actually communicate to your patients mm-hmm. if the messenger appeared credible on the subject. And when you're, you know, when the nurse is sitting in the room and when the doctor that's sitting in the room, the PA that's in the room clearly have no handle on their own health Mm -hmm. and body composition. uh, Me personally, I'm not listening. You can tell me whatever you want. 
Oh, but this is this is the exact problem with with that. There's no incentive to like for a doctor to correct nutrition. It is therapy and treatment for for something that they can't treat. Like they are not in, they can't charge for that. And this isn't like a conspiracy thing. It's just like it's a bad incentive in our medical system to tell people to eat better because who's making money off of it? Whole Foods. <laughs> Until you go get like vegan ice cream or whatever the fuck they sell there, it, the, the which is then you you don't eat, so you don't you, you you only buy it once. To be clear, I don't think it's like a conspiracy. I think that it's a, a misstep in incentivizing people to take care of themselves. Yeah, they have they. The, it, I, I I agree. I don't I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it is. You know, refers to the subtitle of the zine mm-hmm. that we periodically publish (laughs) which is a fistfight with human nature because i think that is ultimately it that that you know you're sitting in a room as the medical professional Mm. right you don't want to be put in a position like it's socially more difficult to start talking about modifying behavior and paying attention 24 7 than it is to prescribe Mm. a medicine that will uh, potentially alleviate the you know the the, the you, symptoms. What do you think the compliance difference is on uh, taking a prescription drug that is uh, that we've been informed by an authority that does something for our benefit, mm-hmm. and the compliance of following a diet that has been yielded like uh, been uh, described as the same, purported to be for our benefit. Oh, the person's going to take the pill every time. Uh, but I think it's astronomically different. And this is oh what, yeah. So why is it? Is it because you know everybody? It's easy to take a pill. Is it? Um, you know that we've. But I. But I also think that that there's a yes. Mm-hmm. It's easier, um, and it's not a twenty-four. I, I only have to think about it like for that one minute in the morning mm-hmm. when I'm supposed to take it, right? As opposed to twenty-four-seven, like paying attention to my behavior and right. that sort of thing. But. Um, I, but 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 I also think it's a it's, it's a societal thing saying that no matter what you do, mm-hmm. no matter what the physical and health consequences are, mm-hmm. we have a backstop in 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 the form of something mm-hmm. that you can can you know basically periodically take. So to kind of circle this around, and, what I think, why I think that this this is important, like you you have to get to. Um, the medical establishment and how they treat nutrition to understand how people talk about nutrition because the medical establishment does not talk about it as an effective means of modifying your health or improving your risk or, you know, your odds at, you know, staying away from expensive procedures, incentivizing you to pay attention. There's no real reason to do so. So therefore the conversation around it is going to be obfuscated by whoever is selling something because they're incentivized to talk about it because they're selling something or you're incentivized it now to talk about it because of some socio-political jargon that's surrounding it like oh you're hurting people's feelings and i'm outraged and i'm this and i'm that you can't say uh caloric deficit without triggering me because <laughs> you know the, there's not doctors saying the same thing towards health when you say caloric deficit babies cry <laughs> Well, there's that. Well, they yeah. should because they, they shouldn't should be, be in a deficit. What was that? I heard yeah. this well, is just... this is totally rumored, but there's apparently um, a nutrition guru um, who got her start 
just being a fucking weirdo and she's some tattooed girl um she wrote what does that have to do with it man well because that's how i like that that's how she's i don't know because that's how i what are we talking about without saying her name okay so she wrote a book hang on hang on are we saying failed suicide girl <laughs> not even that good. Okay. I don't think you want to. No, she's. Not. I've seen some tags recently as hopeful. <clears throat> she's not future pretty, for sure. Super, super yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, failed suicide girl. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't mean that she failed to like actually commit suicide. This I know. is a thing. You'd have to go down a certain oh, channel yeah, yeah, and yeah. like social. I forgot you know, that people. Yeah. But I would probably say of the um, the latter su- failed suicide yeah. girl, like it la- for <laughs> yeah. attention. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of person. Anyway, so wrote across a, the wrist, not. Yeah, yeah. Wrote a diet book. Um, basically plagiarize somebody else. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And then, so the, this is the rumor from somebody that would know, said there was a chapter in her new book called, um, if I get it right, Pregnancy and Getting Lean. And I was like, Oh Lord, I hope that makes the final cut. I don't think that it did. I, but this is where we're at. Like this is yeah. this is back to you know we're <laughs> we're yeah, being I gained, sold. I, I got pregnant. I gained twelve thousand pounds. It was <laughs> and it was the, the first eleven thousand were really easy to lose. It was that last thousand? I was just walking. You know, I was just being wheeled uh, around by people and had I, to get you know the fire department to cut me out of my house and yeah. So fuck. yeah. Oh, this stuff is super entertaining to me. And I like, like, we don't have anything. (laughs) Most of the stuff that you'll see us talk about on nutrition is always beating down the same thing. Pay attention to your behavior. Like, use the thing, use the tools that we know work. Control your macronutrients, control your calories, control your timing around food. Notice output versus input. Yeah. Very, very basic. Intake. Yeah. Caloric balance, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then really pay attention to behavior and things that, quote unquote, trigger your behavior. I mean, the funny thing to me is I'm just like, okay, so, you know, you eat too much food, a certain thing happens. Mm-hmm. It's a natural consequence. Mm-hmm. You can call it genetic, you can call it disease, whatever. So what happens when you hyperventilate? You consume too much oxygen. Mm. You don't feel that great, <laughs> turns out. A little bit woozy. Yeah. What happens when you don't get enough oxygen? Well, you panic like a motherfucker at first. <laughs> I was going to say, but, <laughs> have you ever had a fat? Well, I haven't mm-hmm. ever had really. Like, I Lambert's chubby because no. it's winter. Well, but. And uh, we feed him table scraps. But. Okay. If you shave him uh, down, he's yeah. a fairly skinny dog. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not overweight. But, but if you shaved means. him down, he would have, the psychological damage would be un it would be irreparable. Right. So yeah. my, my, so I watch his body weight by checking his ribs yeah right if i can feel his ribs then he has a good body weight to me okay i don't want it to be too lean yeah. because he's cold easy and we live in a winter climate so yeah. in the summer he leans out because he exercises more but i find this phenomenal that people will argue this caloric balance mm-hmm. but when you have a fat pet yeah do you no one argues about that do you make a meditate like what what gets you to lose weight like do you start putting kale in their food was it just an absence of you know they didn't get enough avocado like no you fucking pull food you the total amount is less and then your animal suddenly weighs less and the funny thing there is like (laughs) i you know the 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 three dogs that i have lived with Mm -hmm. they've all been akitas yeah they've all been female they've all been in the 90 pound range Mm -hmm. They all eat two cups of food a day. Mm-hmm. And you look at a cup of food. 
that it be eight ounces, mm. right? Yeah. So no, wait, is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, per cup, right? So a pint. Yeah. Kibble. <laughs> Nutrient dense. Yeah, it's calorically dense. Calorically yeah. dense. Whatever. And and you don't think, okay, I only weigh slightly more than. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, my brain is gigantic. It requires a lot of <laughs> calories, you know, or whatever. Energy. But man, if I was only on two, you know, sort of two cups of food a day, goddamn. We felt that'd be, lean. <laughs> be very. But, uh, but 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 you're right. You pull, you know, you you know, the pet gets chubby. You pull calories, and the dog is just like, you know, always hungry all the yeah. time. Well, Starts what's wrong with? Yeah. Yeah, guess what? That dog doesn't love you any less. <laughs> the dog is not less happy. The dog is just, you know, maybe like a bit more, you know, food focused sometimes. <laughs> just think about that for yourselves, people. I think on that note, <laughs> <laughs> just like, ah, uh, fuck, eat more. Do less. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm confused. I fucked that whole I, thing up. Yeah. I was looking at the mirror image of that oh, in yeah. reverse. What I meant was... You're describing what most people do. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll come back to nutrition when we get aggravated enough. I have, a, I do have a couple other uh, articles that will probably post on nutrition that are old, that are goodies. D- those will be basics. on the uh, nonprofit.media website? Yes. And to also announce events that are going along with this, hopefully this gets out in time, we are having an event on April 5th. It's true. It has nothing to do with nutrition, although you're the opportunity to- exp- Oh, it does. You can come and eat. Exactly. <laughs> well, that, I was just about to say, yeah. you'll have the, ex- the opportunity to um, express <laughs> under the eyes of your peers um, your relationship to food and drink. And it'll be awesome. However, that will not be the point. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing another book launch. Yes. Because, um, uh, you know, actually I was, I was thinking about this and uh, I got a pretty shit attitude about this whole thing. <laughs> about the fifth? No. Oh, about, about the book. book launch. Oh, okay. And it's like, I just want to sell the thousand and then have it be done yeah. and have it be like, okay, there was this mythical thing. It was kind of like a unicorn yeah. that, you know, farted rose smelling gas or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it came and went and it was done. And if you missed your chance, you missed your fucking chance. Ooh. Cause I may not reprint it now. I'm kind of, I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta move on. I gotta do other, I got other books to make. I actually and, really like that premise. And, uh, so we're doing another, another launch. This one is uh, actually sponsored by the Salt Lake gallery stroll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with some involvement from the people that visit Salt Lake and that kind of, kind of thing. So it's mm-hmm. like, this is not just us, you know, yeah. like self promoting, you know, this thing, but, um, it's a real event. It's an actual event for which we're going to have to make a gigantic sign for the outside of the building. That's just a note to self. Yeah. Um, it's, it's another book launch. It's, um, it's, it, it's a gallery show that'll actually last, last time we did this in uh, mid, mid February, it was, uh, um, uh, we had 16 prints mm. here. Um, and there'll be more this time. Mm. And, uh, I, th- I don't know exactly how many, I, I might do four or five extra on top of this. In any case, so that'll happen. Plus, um, spoken word performance that basically is, you know, sort of follows the journey from the mountains, um, mm. Uh, down into the valley that uh, the book does. So, you know, another um, quote coming down unquote is the is the title of that that spoken word thing. Um, that's April fifth here at the nonprofit event center. Figure out the address online if you care. Yeah, all the details um, are online. Six p.m. to nine p.m. spoken word gig at seven, and uh, there'll be food and drink. 
And uh, yeah, we got to we got to come back to the nutrition thing because just people are they're lost. You know, half of them are lost, half of them are fucked, and uh, we can help both. <laughs> I I agree. Actually, I it, it, to demystify some of the stuff might help in a world of noise and garbage. So exactly, and 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 commerce in the sense right. that like a lot of stuff that is pushed is you know with the intent of accumulating mm. you know financial wealth while helping others uh, I'm just going to make up a word disinvest ah. themselves of you know the excess shit they're carrying around every day I like that excess yeah. shit yeah shit more <laughs> something like that shit, and, shit and get fit that's it yeah that's, that's what that's we like a originally thing, right that's what we originally called the ketone drink that was mixed with mct was shit and get fit <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we'll see you next time <laughs>